Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast where we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. I'm your host, Sari, and this week's guest is Carly from Carly Ray Studios. Carly is a watercolor artist painting detailed and whimsical pieces, often made up of tiny flowers. Her favorite part of painting is the process, focusing on a piece for an hour or two and forgetting about everything else around her and being fully present in that creative space. Carly's art has been sold in Bed Bath & Beyond, Kohl's, and many local Kansas City retailers. Here to talk all about her art and the process is Carly. Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Thank you again so much for for being on the podcast. I'm super excited to have you on. And I I know the video isn't used, but you have a gorgeous display of your artwork behind you, which I am excited to get into. But I would love to just hear a little more of your background and how you found this style of art. Yes, thank you. And I really do focus mostly on watercolors, but it's interesting. I just didn't always love watercolors that much. I loved art since I was a young kiddo, but I tried so many different mediums and styles and things. And I find as an artist, finding your style is not ever simple, but I went to school to be a high school art teacher. Cause I just, I knew I just loved art just in a general sense. I didn't ever see myself being an artist per se, but being a high school art teacher seemed really lovely. I loved my art teacher and I was like, that seems like a pretty awesome, legit job that I would love to do. And then it was actually the year in college or the semester where I didn't have any art classes and I was dabbling outside of my classes, as many of us tend to do, like when it's unstructured, not in a class or anything, I was just doing something just for myself. And that was when I kind of just developed the style on a whim. It's a lot of little florals inside of a shape. So I draw an outline and then I fill it with lots of tiny flowers. And I'd actually been working on an embroidery project. And so I'd drawn an outline on a piece of paper and watercolors were just the nearest thing to me and the easiest to like pick up and just get going on. And the first one was a floral shark jaw. I actually love sharks. So I did a floral shark jaw and people were like, that's cool. You should do other things in that style. They're like, can you do other animals and things? I was like, sure. And I just got really into it and started selling a few things on Etsy from there. They would take three or four hours. I would sell them for like 20, 30 bucks. A couple of the first ones, one of the first ones to my grandma. So it just started off very slow and small, but I was super passionate about it. And it just grew a lot through Etsy in the beginning and then craft shows and such. And for anyone who is unfamiliar with artwork, as you mentioned, it's a bunch of small shapes and things within a larger shape. So I have a postcard of yours that is a rainbow. And so it's so fun to look at. It's on my desk at work. And with your art, every time you look at a piece, you like find something different. You know, you get super close and you're like, oh yeah, here's a flower. Here's this. And then as you start to like back away, the larger shape kind of comes together. It's just such a different and unique style you don't see a lot of, which what people love so much about your artwork and just the vibrancy and how how colorful it is. But watercolor is not 
easy. I love art. It's funny you say that you want to be a high school art teacher. I always wanted to be an elementary school art teacher, <laughs> which totally lasted one semester. And I was like, I'm out. This is, this is not my <laughs> calling, but watercolors really frustrating. So you have to get the exact right amount of water literally in the color, or it's, it's too thick. It's too runny. And so did you feel like watercolor just kind of came more naturally to you and for your talent or was that something you really had to test out and then you were like okay I, I I have the hang of this a lot of the more traditional senses of watercolor are kind of like landscapes and layering it's just a very different watercolor technique and so I was never super drawn to it but then when I did start doing a lot of the detailed work it was like working with really tiny brushes and just little amounts of water and I liked probably the control aspect being able to kind of control that tiny little amount of water those tiny little shapes but in I still struggle sometimes with the more quick wet on wet style when you really want everything to bleed and flow or when you want to layer just other techniques. I really love the illustrative detailedness that I've ended up finding myself in. So I've done mostly florals, but I do tons of other patterns and stuff as well. I just really love anything that involves like many hours of intricate flowers and intricate shapes and lines. And so when I say they take like three or four hours, it would be for usually like a five by seven or eight by 10 inch piece. They're very small. When I work, it's like a computer sized piece of paper at the most. Is there a piece that has taken you like the longest amount of time over any other? Yes. The world map. That one was, it's just, a, it was a lot of my brain making sure I don't like put a little flower in the wrong spot. The great part is like once you, I started making prints and realizing that was a thing, being able to Photoshop stuff out is really great. So I used to be like, I've been working on this for four hours and I like put a flower in the wrong spot. Now I have a, have a magic trick to fix that. Kind of back to just the start of your business, you're selling, selling stuff on Etsy. What led to the ultimate decision of, okay, this is starting to take off. People are really enjoying what I'm putting out there. And I think I can, I can do this full time. It was kind of a multitude of things. Figuring it out at the right time when I was just graduating college was pretty awesome. So I was kind of like, you know, I'm about to try something for a career for a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to just keep going with this. And I would have loved being a high school art teacher, but I loved just the energy of making things and going to shows and hearing from people. And I started sharing them a lot on Instagram. And I feel like Instagram and Etsy were just kind of like, the two perfect things to, to keep me going and just hear from people and just get that encouragement. And I think all creatives and makers and people love to get that feedback on Instagram. Um, cause sometimes you make something and you think it's amazing and maybe not everyone else does, but that's cool. Cause you made it for yourself, but it's awesome to kind of know also from a more commercial aspect, what is popular. You know, from the commercial standpoint, you, you are in a lot of local retailers in Kansas City. So what was that like getting your name and your brand into Made in KC and all the other amazing local stores? It's been really cool because when I, so when I graduated college, my husband is from Kansas City and we lived in San Diego at the time. And San Diego is a pretty great place, but we graduated and we were kind of ready to go somewhere new. And I was like, okay, I'll try your hometown. I'll try this Kansas City thing, but I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. Like if I hate it, move <laughs> away. Like, I don't know. And I always say, I like it more than he does now. I just, I've really just fallen in love with the city. And I think another part is because it is a city that really allows you to get started with a business like this. And the amazing community is willing to shop local 
and shop small and support artists and things like that. And I, it really couldn't be done in a lot of other cities I've lived in. I've lived in a lot of different places and it's just really awesome and unique. And I love all the retailers and stuff. So it was a really great growth period. It was, I decided to take the leap. I was like, I'm going to try to do this, my full-time thing, try to make what a teacher would make in a year. And I did just like all the craft shows. And that's another thing. We just have all the amazing craft shows like Strawberry Swing. And I did Holiday Mart and Holiday Boutique, which are more like gift shows. But that was like eight years ago. And yeah, I just, I found I was busy almost every weekend at a show, but that's what allowed me to just kind of like hustle through that and get through that growth period in the beginning. Just enjoy connecting with the city too. It just connected me to Kansas City in such an amazing way. Yeah. And those craft shows you're mentioning as a consumer and someone who goes to those shows, it's always so fun just to see the wide variety of business there. And your art is so unique compared to other people who are there. And so it's really nice when you go to all these things, you're like, okay, I know that there's all the jewelry people and all the bag people and artists, and you don't just do prints on paper. I mean, you have a really big variety of products that you offer as well. So what are some other things that you're offering with your art on it? Yeah. So when I first started out, it really was just kind of prints and I would do some t-shirts, but now it's just expanded so much since then. I do apparel, beanies, like hats and beanies, accessories of all sorts. Ornaments are really popular during the holidays. A lot of things will have my watercolor artwork on it and some will be more designed by me. And then I've had a couple where I've collaborated with a local designer to help me design some more graphic things that aren't quite as watercolor-y because that doesn't always translate well to apparel. But yeah, it's really grown in the different categories I've been able to offer. And it's been great seeing the feedback in person at those shows and such so that now that I have a space in those in three made in KC stores, it's more like I'm not talking day to day to customer, but I've really honed in on what people have been interested in. One of the collaborations you did was with uh, our friend Serena from Tie-Dye Pop. You did, uh, you're doing a Chiefs tie-dye shirt with your Kansas City lettering on it. And I have that shirt. I love it. I get so many compliments whenever I wear it. Just a big congratulations to both of you and female-owned businesses for the success that's having. Serena was just telling me that she has been working on more shirts, which is really great, but I love that shirt. I have the short sleeve one. I'm probably going to be getting the long sleeve one for people for the holidays. Uh, Knock on wood, the Chiefs are in the playoffs and I can wear that (laughs) shirt a little longer. So my fingers and toes are crossed for that. But I think your shirt might be my lucky Chief shirt because I didn't wear it on the two games we lost. So (laughs) that is now superstitious. So yeah, so I I definitely need to make sure that I wear that shirt for the rest of the season. (laughs) Yes, I second that because, yeah, I I get very superstitious about sports events and what I'm wearing. We have total control of the game. Um, Yeah, yeah, I just was super excited about that collaboration. Serena is so awesome. And I struggle sometimes too, like I was saying with the the graphic aspect and how to translate watercolor to apparel. And it was such a fun way because I was like, I've always loved tie-dye everything and it just has watercolor feel to it completely. It just was a match. And so it's a really simple like Kansas City white design, but on this really loud and fun Chiefs tie-dye. And yeah. talking a little bit more about your process overall, you say on your website that your favorite part of painting is the process. What exactly does that mean to you? 
Yeah. So I, when I started doing it in the, in my college days, I was just, I felt like I was in this struggle mode to just find my style as an artist. And it just like clicked when I found how I loved doing these tiny details. It was just so meditative. And like anything, if you find something where you can just do it for like three, four or five hours and feel like no time has gone by, you found something pretty, pretty good for yourself. And I was really stoked to just do it for many, many hours. And I just lose track of time every time I get painting those tiny details. I always think it's so interesting to hear people when, as you said, when they sort of have that outlet of, okay, I'm like in the zone for me. And I've mentioned on this podcast handful of times that is needle pointing. I love needle pointing. And sometimes I'll work on fairly large canvases and I've had people even say to me, they're like, you spent two hours and you did maybe 5% of the whole canvas. And to me, I'm like, but I know at some point I'm going to get that huge feeling of satisfaction of I only have 5% of the canvas left or the canvas is done. Or even for my boyfriend, for him, he finds cooking and finding really like intense, crazy recipes, super therapeutic in the same way of like, He's in the zone. He can like do what he wants and it's going to take him 24 hours to do it. And <laughs> so it's great that for you, you know, except the process and with all the small shapes you're doing and with the variety of products you're doing, it's not just, okay, you're doing the same Casey Hart over and over, whatever it is, you're able to still enjoy that process while also using your creativeness to like expand and do endless possibilities of, of art. Totally. And I always say people that like do needlepoint or embroidery or knitting, a lot of those kind of repetitive task craft realms um, would just love the style. It's just so meditative for me in the same exact way. So I know the holidays are obviously coming up. People are buying gifts, buying stocking stuffers, everything like that. So are you working on a lot of holiday specific items right now? Yes. So it's funny you mentioned that because right around this time, I think this weekend, November 17th through the 20th, I have Holiday Boutique, which is now my only big show of the year that I do. So it's less so I'm making right now than I am uh, just prepping so much stuff. And it's a really great, awesome show where Kansas City shows up and it's really great, but it also just requires a lot of prep lot of physical setup and once we're all set up it's really fantastic but yeah the prints lots of ornaments for sure this time of year ornaments are really amazing and mugs and all things chiefs keep winning again fingers crossed how far in advance do you have to plan when this time of year rolls around again it's super busy you know your art just makes such great gifts because there's the local aspect of people who want you know the Kansas City things but not everything is specific to Kansas City even like you know the heart behind you that has sharks in it listeners can't can't see uh that right now if they go to your website I'm sure they can (laughs) but um yeah how how far in advance are you having to plan for holidays It starts like some products and stuff. Like I feel like I order my ornaments, I think in May was when I ordered them. So it starts pretty early. It's kind of like, like things pick up for springtime and then Mother's Day and you're like, okay, it's here. The whole, the whole rest of the year is planned. Everything's happening all at once, but kind of depends on the product. But for the holiday stuff, that's kind of what is the most important because it's wild. It's like, I want to say many retailers and definitely my situation where it's something like 50 
to 70% of my sales ended up being like the last two months of the year. And December was just bananas. Last year was the first year that I was in made in KC, all three locations. Um, it's kind of like a mini, mini shop, mini storefront within their store. That is just really awesome. It brings in so much traffic and is able to really allow me to grow my business while still being able to focus on like the fun, creative stuff. And so like payroll and utilities and the stuff that I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that right now with my business. Yeah. I guess the answer would be some stuff really far out the prints and a lot of the paper goods, not so much as far as painting collections. I have to plan those quite a bit in advance. So like for holidays, I'll end up sometimes painting like a little Santa mug at the end of the summer or whatever it is. But Often I struggle. Some people, some artists are better than others in the commercial world at painting months in advance, but I find myself struggling to paint not within that season. So sometimes I'll be like, you know, if, if it'll get a little bit of sales this year and then I'll sell more of them next year because I just can't always paint nutcrackers in July. I just can't. I don't blame you. I feel like I would have a hard time compartmentalizing. Okay. I'm enjoying summer right now, but yeah. I have to think about December or Thanksgiving. And, and so that I would have a hard time with that as well. Are there any new products that you're um, debuting this year or any special prints that you would want listeners to know about? The main thing this year is probably just expanding on the apparel that's just sold so well in these last couple of years with the Chiefs doing well and just all the fun Kansas City pride. And I feel like I've just learned a lot more about the apparel process since having the storefront. So cropped stuff is very in. I know not everyone loves a crop, but I know you look super cute in your cropped tie dye. So um, a lot of like cropped long sleeve shirts as well as sweatshirts. I just got um, some really great more long sleeve shirts in. And I had a beanie that was really popular last year. And so when Serena and I actually collaborated on this project, it was based on the same color scheme as the matching beanie. So it's basically a tie-dyed red and yellow beanie and looks very watercolory and fun. So that would probably be like the biggest things. As far as print designs, not a ton of new stuff right now. I did a couple new plaza prints right around the time of the plaza art fair. And those turned out really fun. That all sounds great. Yeah, like I said, it's it's great to have those options. At Maine KC really is like the best store towards the end of the year. You're like, oh shoot, I have XYZ I still have to buy gifts for. And it's so great when you walk in and you're like, I have endless options. Like everything there is so great. I feel like oftentimes I'm hopefully not alone in this, but I'm I'm someone who I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go buy a gift for this person. I walk out and I'm like, did I get them a gift? I definitely bought myself gifts, but I don't know if I bought them gifts. Totally. <laughs> Find something for everyone you know, as well as plenty of things for yourself. Yeah. So not being from Kansas City, when you moved here, were you surprised by sort of the Kansas City vibe of it's cool to look like a tourist or like it's cool to have your home filled with Kansas City art? Or were you just like, this is awesome? I think it was right when I moved back was the first time the Royals went to the World Series. So I feel like I just immediately got wrapped up in it. I've always been a big sports fan and I've moved a ton throughout my life. So I've always been like, you know, I'll just pick a sports team wherever I end up, you know, and I just, I've always cheered for a lot of teams, but never a football team. So was able to get my one and only football team here, but it just, yeah, it amazed me to see how much people loved Kansas City pride in it. But I also understood that I'd visited quite a bit before moving here. I just saw that the size of it was so great. The people were so great, but definitely just the apparel and people wearing Kansas City stuff every day, all day shocked me. But now I do it. So I'm like, it's hard to even think back because now I'm like, oh yeah, it's just like, you know, what I wear five days a week. 
I, it's always funny talking to people, especially people who aren't from Kansas City. And you're like, yeah, it's I wear, you know, my Charlie Hustle shirt or my whatever shirt. And it's like, is there a special occasion? It's like, no, this is what you do when you live here. You just, you rock Kansas City spirit all day, every day. And yeah, it definitely was really started around the time of when Royals won the World Series. And I feel like everyone that year for holidays got Royals apparel. And then it just kind of trickled into Chiefs apparel. And now it's just everyday apparel. <laughs> yeah. And it inspired me to make the jump to apparel. I don't know that I would have at that point necessarily, because I was like, oh, you know, I got to find a way to translate my art to apparel and uh, awesome case gear because I just, I instantly loved it and knew that that's where my heart was going to be for a long time. So so we mentioned, you know, kind of the struggle of being able to put yourself in the mindset of having to plan, you know, far in advance. What are some other struggles that come with being a business owner? There's definitely so many pros to it. And I love being a business owner so much. Again, I think another control thing, I love being in control of a lot of my schedule, a lot of my time, a lot of different elements, but it is a lot of hats to wear. It's kind of cliche, but it is a lot of things, especially in the beginning of the business where you're, you're like, okay, if I'm going to try to make this work, I'm going to be working all the hours, doing all the things. I've gotten a little bit better over time, but there's still moments where I'm like, oh, I want to figure out how to like create some awesome installation in my booth space and start buying like paper snowflakes online or thinking of how I can make them. I'm like, oh yeah, you can like hire people that might help me do that. <laughs> so it's, it's been great to slowly realize like there's other people, part-time employees or contractors or people that can help you with things. You don't have to do it all yourself. But in the beginning, I think doing it all yourself was the hardest. And then kind of knowing you can do all of it, a lot of it yourself um, makes it hard to step back sometimes. And then kind of on the same lines, like setting boundaries, hours and such. I really try not to work too much on the weekends or when my kiddo's home from school slash daycare, all that stuff. So trying to make sure I protect some personal time for sure. Yeah, I feel like consistently one thing that a lot of entrepreneurs bring up and even on this podcast is especially working mothers, how hard it is, but how important it is to figure out the balance between work life and personal life, just because you do have to wear so many hats, but you, and you always want to be present in your business and making sure everything's getting done, but you want to be present in other aspects of your life. And so being able to set aside those times and when it's time to focus on ordering more stock guard or when, you know, your kid has an activity going on, but it's harder to have that separation when you don't have like a nine to five job. Like, and so it's easier to have the separation when you're really in a desk job versus when your job is, is your brand. It's you. And it's, it's like your baby. It's like you're another child. <laughs> totally. And it is like that. Like, yeah, I sit down on the couch and it's not, I've, I try to make it so I don't think about all the things I could be doing, but especially I love doing things with my hands. I like staying busy. So I was like, you know, I could be folding greeting cards right now. I could be tying tags onto ornaments. Like there's just like a lot of the little tasks and I'm like, I need to just cool it, not be like researching while I'm having quality family time and just really trying to be really focused and in the moment and keeping work. When I'm working, but yeah, especially as a parent. And in the beginning, it was my daughter was born the day everything shut down with the pandemic. So we took her, took her home and everyone just went to their homes for a really long time. But yeah, it's been the older she gets, the more she's just aware of everything that's happening, which is great. And she's 
becoming a part of the business. She comes with me and loves uh, doing all the fun things at the shop and helping me with things in whatever way she can. She's only two and a half, but she's, it's really cool seeing her experience this too. And you realize sometimes I'm like, she doesn't want to play with her toys. She wants to like see how I sleeve a print or do what some really simple tasks. And I'm like, she actually can be involved in this, which is awesome. And that's awesome that she has you as a role model to be able to be like, okay, like I get to see my mom work and be hands-on and create something. I think being able to show your daughter sort of that process is also really cool and just special and something that you'll be able to, to hold on that uh, you can share together. Totally. Yeah. It blows my mind sometimes. When you are able to kind of put work aside and focus on your personal life, what does life in Kansas City look like for you? Oh, it's a lot of fun family time. And my in-laws are in the city too, all my husband's side of the family. So we do a lot of family and extended family time. A lot of just exploring Kansas City, especially when the weather's nice and a little better at getting out when the weather's nice and fall just being over. It was so, it was such a beautiful season and going on walks, hanging out with friends, traveling every once in a while. Really just love doing so many different things in Kansas City. I love the size of our city and that there's just always like some great events going on, but it's not like wildly overwhelming where you're just like, I'm paralyzed with things I have, I could or want to do. I just feel like there's always those few things going on. I'm like, hey, let's meet a friend and pop over to grab a beverage or go to a special event, whether it's a lot of craft fairs, a lot of times it's a craft fair. (laughs) Yeah, it's so crazy, especially this time of year. And there's just always something going on. And it's really cool to see. I feel like that's what's nice about Kansas City. You can kind of make it your own if you want to always be out and about, sort of hustle and bustle. There's plenty for you to do that. Or if you want to just be a little more low key, go on walks, enjoy all the parks. We have hundreds of awesome local coffee shops for people to pop in. And I love just like asking a friend to be like, hey, like, let's catch up. Let's meet at some coffee shop. Let's go on a walk, kind of walk around the city and explore. And so that's like hands down one of my favorite things. What are some of your favorite like restaurants or places in Kansas City? The Nelson Atkins is always just like a standard favorite, the art museum. It's just the outside, the inside, always a great place to stop by. Because I have the Made in KC space on the plaza now, I feel like I go down there a lot more than I used to. And so sometimes just walking around there with a coffee is very lovely. And I get a lot of coffees from there now. We love going to Corvino. Has been kind of our fancier restaurant we've really been enjoying. We went to Lazia recently. And then one of my favorite standard kind of classic ones that um, I feel like some people kind of forget about sometimes is Lydia's. Love, uh, they have a pasta trio where you just get endless three different incredible pastas. My favorite for sure. Those are all good places. I love Lazia. Oh my gosh. And I love Corvino's. Everyone in Kansas City is like becoming foodies, which is really fun because then you get to talk to people about like, where'd you go this weekend and what new place have you checked out? And especially me, I feel like I'm always in those conversations. I'm always trying to get new recommendations or ask people like, okay, where have you been recently? Like, where do I need to go? What am I missing? So we were, de- we're definitely foodies in this household. And I feel like if I don't have a chance to go out, because now like having the kiddo, we don't always need to go out to fancy dinners as much or even non-fancy dinners, just don't go out as much. But um, Yoli tortillas are my favorite like at home treat. And I feel like we're just, I just never knew tortillas could be that magically good. I don't know if you've had them before, but 
I I have it's so funny you say that because one of in more sort of like spring one of my favorite things to do is to go to the downtown Erland Park Farmers Market. One of my favorite things to do is to go and get all of my own ingredients for breakfast tacos. So I get the blued corn tortillas from Yoli Tortilla. And then I'll get like eggs and then just try to say like, okay, what produce looks good? What vegetables do I want to maybe do in like an egg scramble or do sort of my own tacos? Yeah, their tortillas are, I don't know what they do. I don't know why they're so good, but they're like outrageous and I can go through a whole pack in a week. So then I'm like having to restock every Saturday. I'm like, okay, I'm out of tortillas. I need to restock on these. So me too. We have a very similar routine or maybe it may be running into you there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever tried to devoured pizza is at the par- farmer's market and they're kind of, I don't, they've been around a while, a pop-up there. Um, they do breakfast pizzas in the morning and then switch to like afternoon pizzas. I have not tried the breakfast pizza. I always see the line there. If I'm ever like, I always have to decide if I'm in a savory mood or a sweet mood. And I will admit I have like an insane sweet tooth. It's kind of died down the last couple of years, but even so the quote unquote died down version is still like, I really love sweets. So more times than not, I'm actually at Volute getting a stuffed beignet. (laughs) Talk Overland Park Farmer's Market treats all day long. Me too. But definitely Uh, jump in that line next time, like beginning of when you get there, it's worth it. The first time I got it, I think it was a 40 minute wait. And I was like, this better be some amazing pizza. And it was so good. Good to know. I'll definitely, I'll definitely have to check that out. If there was anything you could change about Kansas City, and I always like asking people, especially uh, people who aren't from Kansas City, because I feel like you have a really interesting and different perspective and we having, you know, moved all around. If there was something you could change about Kansas City, what would that be? That's a really tough one for me. There's not a ton because I always say like, I'm like, there's things I would change, but, but then it wouldn't be Kansas City. I always joke that, you know, we could be closer to the ocean or there would be an ocean just, you know, here, we wouldn't at least be as far as we possibly could be in the United States, basically from the ocean, but you know, then everyone would live here, get too busy. So yeah. And I, I really grew up in a bunch of different places, but in California, I really loved the ocean and the nature there, but I've, I've found ways to really appreciate the beauty of the nature here in Kansas city, going on awesome little mini hikes and walks and things and just enjoying the seasons and stuff, which you didn't get as much in different places. So yeah, I would say, you know, if we could get an ocean, that would be great. (laughs) Are there, are there any trails in particular that you really like? Cause I feel like that's something too. I've, my brother lives in San Francisco and they love hiking and I often get in conversations with people here and I'm like, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of cool hikes. But then again, I'm like, well, compared to other places, I don't know if hike is the right word, but nature walk. So are there any paths? A lot of it has been some nature walks. I do a lot of nature walks. Uh, It's been a little bit, but Shawnee Mission Park, we live a little closer to that area. Um, Now I'm kind of in the Prairie Village area where there's not a ton of uh, walking areas super nearby that I uh, have explored, but I've gone up to Weston a few times too. And they've got some great, um, the park there, some great hiking areas. And even just like, honestly, just driving around the city, walking around on the plaza area right now. And the leaves have all just changed and stuff. It was just so glorious. I love, love, love that time of year. Yeah, there are two or three really specific drives I love taking when the leaves are changing. And it's like right before they're all falling. But I 
I love driving Ward Parkway down to the plaza. I live in Waldo. And so just kind of getting on Ward Parkway at 75th and just driving up and down and just seeing all of the like orange and yellow and then some trees that are still green. And then even on like the trolley trail, I'll go from Waldo and walk through Brookside and, you know, sort of get to plaza. And it's just once you get in really the area where all the trees are, it's so pretty. Yeah, there's something really special about that too. I feel like you can't get that in a lot of cities. And that's why though our fall in Kansas City always seems to be very short and a lot of <laughs> going from like really cold to really hot to kind of cold. And then it's like December and we're freezing but uh there is something really special about fall in Kansas City in that time of year when you really get to feel like you're experiencing the seasons change yeah on the business side the fluctuation of the weather has been interesting it always is but this year I feel like it was like it took I had a ton of sweatshirts and it's finally uh chilly now but it took a while and it was like you'd get a couple cool days and it'd be like 95 out or 85 or 80 but I love I like that the weather changes. It just sometimes has a little bit too much of a mind of its own. Is that hard too with you carrying apparel, trying to gauge like, okay, when do people want like t-shirts? How many t-shirts did I order versus like, okay, it's sweatshirt weather, beanie weather, you know, how much inventory do I need to get? The weather as well as um, the fickleness of if the Chiefs win or not. So that's funny. It's like, yeah, definitely a weather system of its own, the Chiefs winning or losing. And I have someone that helps me a little bit with inventory planning and she actually lives out of state, but she will tell me like, She'll be like, oh, like last week was so great. Like what happened? I'm like, oh, the Chiefs won. So, <laughs> and it's incredible. It's, we're very fortunate as a city, you know, that we have such a strong fan base that it'll affect how our local businesses do, whether it's bars or apparel or food or different things. So I find weather is very, very important for that inventory purchasing and all that as well. But um, especially when we make it as far as the playoffs, you're like, oh, I, I'm nothing but grateful that we're in the playoffs. But then you're like, man, but you know, how much apparel do I buy? How far are we going to go? Are we going to go to the big game? Or uh, I just don't quite know. So, you know, you just always prepare for the best. And in that situation, you do. Are there any pieces of yours in particular that are like your favorites, like your true favorites or something that you feel like you worked extra hard on that, you know, is just like your favorite to look at. Love a lot of the ones from the beginning of kind of me discovering the style. I feel like I, one of the first ones I ever did was an elephant with its trunk up and it's just one of my favorites. I just love how the style ended up turning out on that one. There's one I did recently that says books are magic. And I also just really love reading and I love seeing, especially when young people purchase it. I love that about the shows and stuff, the craft shows and stuff. Sometimes you can see people come up and their eyes just light up over like certain little things and whether it's reading or a certain animal or whatever it is seeing them being attracted to that that personal thing makes me really happy and so yeah I I definitely have the things that I'm drawn to and I love the rainbow piece as well that's funny that was when you said you have two but it makes me equally happy just seeing other people find joy in those little very personal things that they love because I feel like sometimes art can just be so just there for a lot of people that that don't get involved in art and I love just when people kind of stop and think about it for a sec and it's like oh this reminds me of some person that I love or what they love or just connects in a deeper way 
And I think that's what's special about your art as well. As we mentioned, you know, having the smaller shapes within a bigger shape, it's like, you know, for some people, they could look by and be like, oh, yeah, it's a really cool heart. And then you kind of take the time to look and you're like, oh my gosh, those are sharks, you know, like swimming that make up a heart. And then it's kind of like, okay, that person could be like, yeah, I just like hearts. Or another person can be like, oh my gosh, like this is a cool small piece to a bigger piece sort of thing. So, I think what's special with your style and your technique is that that there's multiple ways to to look at it and people can get different things out of each piece. Yeah, I feel like that's what I really liked about the style too, is I can take the same style and kind of just like make it personal to different people. Is there anything else that you would want listeners to know about your brand or just like anything you would want people to to know that goes into your work? Um, on a slightly different thing with my work is I did start teaching um, watercolors online in the last couple of years as well. So I teach online workshops to kind of a small group of people. And that's been really fun because I always felt kind of like, I was like, oh, I just, I love this process. I'd love to teach it to people. And I would teach in-person workshops, but it's been really fun to kind of share it with a slightly larger audience and be able to do it online and see what that like relaxing creative process has brought to other people. And especially because it's just, it's pretty unique, the little tiny details and florals and things. So a lot of people will be like, I don't know if I'm really an artist. I don't know if I like watercolors. I don't really know if I'm a painter. And then they'll be like, oh, I actually can do this. Like it's, it's intimidating in the beginning to pick up a paintbrush, but that's been really just another fun thing that I've, I've done in the last few years. So where are you teaching that? So that is called carlyraycreative.com. So that's all just online monthly workshops. And I used to teach in-person workshops as well at Pink Antlers and a few other local shops here in Kansas City. And so that's kind of how it started. And then people kind of lived all over and my background was in art education. So I was like, you know, I can, I can probably figure this out. Yeah. It's been fun to figure out how to do that online, not in a normal space. So lots of zoom experience, a lot of fun online things. And yeah. For listeners who would be interested in signing up for that, where can they go to find information on it? Yeah. So that would be at carlyraycreative.com. And there's usually a wait list you can sign up for. And I also have some free resources for like supplies and a little bit of other just random info on there for people that might want to get started painting. We mentioned you are in all three main KC locations, but where can people find your artwork both in person and online? Yes. So in person, I do have a few different or quite a few different small wholesale shops around Kansas City, like Shop Local KC, The Bunker, a few different stores in the area. But um, Made in KC is usually the place I will send people to that has hundreds of prints. I can't, it's really unique having my own space there because I can, I can have hundreds of prints. Retailers can't always carry 200 different prints or 20 different dog breeds or all 50 states. So in those Made in KC locations, there's one on the plaza as well as the next and Lee summit. And then online at carlyraystudio.com, Instagram, carlyraystudio, try to keep it pretty across the board as carlyraystudio. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time. And I like wish that this video was used almost because I've just been looking at your wall this whole time and just admiring all the work you have behind you, which is your own work. Well, thank you for everything you do for Kansas City too and the emphasis on shopping local and and just shouting that from the rooftops because yeah, that's what makes Kansas City, Kansas City. 
Be sure to check out Carly Rae Studio on Instagram at Carly Rae Studio and her website www.carlyraystudio.com. With the holidays right around the corner, Carly's Art makes the perfect gift and stocking stuffers. As always, you can follow me on Instagram at CaseyBySari and stay tuned for next week's Thanksgiving special episode. You won't want to miss it. Casey's Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Kansas City's best. Ooh, Casey Confidential. School papa pira papa pa Casey's Confidential.